The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm very excited about today's show as I get to talk to a guest that I really admire and respect for his work in communities. Um, but before we get started, I want to thank my guests from last week. We had Yvonne Ruke Akpavita and Helen Kuiper. Yvonne is the author of Change Your Mindset, Change Your Mind, and talked to us about a big personal mindset change that has occurred in her life and the impact of that. And Helen Kuiper from 24-7 Storytelling helped us to better understand mindsets in business and how to shift them with story. Now, that episode, It's All in the Mindset, is on the On Demand Library on the Story Powered page, so please check it out. Um, There's lots there for everybody. But don't go anywhere yet. I have an amazing guest, like I say, that I'm chatting with on today's show. His name is Gary Kopich, and he is the CEO of People's Voice Media in the UK. Gary will be telling us about his organization's community reporter program and how business can learn from it to find out what stories their employees and customers are telling about them. But before that, we're going to have the story of the week. So this week, I'm going to share a story from my own personal experience. Um, So it was March 18th, 2003. British MPs were voting on whether to invade Iraq. I was sitting in a House of Commons chamber with 10 young people from Manchester who were talking with MPs about life as youth living in poverty. These young people were from East Manchester and Moss Side, two of the most disenfranchised areas of Manchester at the time. Some of them belonged to gangs, others had been kicked out of school for selling drugs. All of them were committed to sharing their stories to try to make a difference for themselves and other youth in their area. I was the leader of a youth volunteering project that engaged at-risk youth to get them more involved in volunteering in their communities. We had received funding to work with young people in the city to share their experience of poverty and had been invited to the House of Commons to talk to MPs from across the country. The MPs listened, listened intently as the young people read out stories they'd written, showed a video they'd made themselves, and gave a presentation. At one point in the conversation, a bell rang in the room and MPs apologized and said they had to excuse themselves to go and participate in the vote about Iraq. While we waited for the MPs to come back, I sat with the young people talking about Iraq, war, and the decision the country was about to make. They had not really been interested on the trip down, but now that they were in the midst of experiencing history, they began to understand the importance of the day. Earlier, we'd been given a tour of the House of Commons and the House of Lords. The youth group was astonished and quite angered by many of the fixtures and fittings they came across. Gold chairs, centuries-old paintings, and opulent furnishings made them question the system and how it could give so much to so few while so many lived without. They were not impressed by the showcase of power, but instead felt upset that it existed, despite our explanation about the history and the monarchy. 
As we left the chamber and walked through the House of Commons to the exit, the young people talked about being able to share their story and how they felt like very important people. They discussed the luxury they'd experienced in the tour and how they were treated that day. And they ruminated on the war vote that was happening, wondering which way the government would go. When we stepped out into the afternoon light, we saw hundreds of protesters had gathered and were shouting about the war vote. The eyes of the young people widened as they told me they'd never seen anything like it. They all looked at each other and then they looked at me. Can we join in? One of them asked. They all nodded. I said yes, and we found a place behind the barriers to join in the shouting and the protesting against a war that not many in the country wanted. The House of Commons voted to invade Iraq, and the young people went back to Manchester with stories about gold chairs, grand furnishings, and a government they viewed as not listening to its people. This was not the story the government intended for them to share in their communities. So I'm going to invite you to think about what messages your workplace environment, the decisions you make, your processes, what do they send, what messages do they send to your employees and customers? You may have a great engagement program that looks good on paper, but is it hitting the mark? What stories are your employees and customers telling about you and your business? To help us better understand this issue and how we can find out, I'm pleased to introduce my guest for today, Gary Kopich. Now, Gary is experienced in community and organizational development and has worked in the nonprofit sector for as chief executive for People's Voice Media, where he's transformed the organization from a local organization to one that operates across Europe. Gary has also worked in the private sector as a senior manager, manager in the training department of Intel Electronics, where he ran Intel University and supported the development of self-managed teams. As chief exec of People's Voice Media, he's developed a model for providing insight and qualitative research through local community reporters who gather knowledge through supporting people to tell their story. These stories are then used to create conversations with public and private sector clients in order to provide insight for new services and improve customer experience. Gary was awarded a laureateship from the Leonardo European Corporate Learning Award in 2013 for his work on crossing borders, which puts emphasis on outstanding new developments that provoke fundamental challenge of predominant mindsets in corporate learning. Now, Gary and I worked together many years ago in Manchester And I can tell you this is a man who is absolutely dedicated to enabling people to have a voice. He's a sought-after speaker and has lectured at numerous universities on community development and social enterprise. And I'm so delighted he could be here with us today. Gary, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you, Leanne. That was a heck of an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all true. It's all true. So I'm excited to talk to you. We're going to talk... um, the title of the uh, the show and, and kind of the main emphasis is around employee stories, but we're going to talk about customer stories and consumer stories too because they're just as crucial for organizations and for business. Um, but before we talk about that, tell us more about you and, and how you got to where you are now. What's your story? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think storytelling has really been a root of everything I've done, really. Um, I'm Jewish, and storytelling is inbuilt into my DNA, uh, really right. from the Bible stories, but all the way up to the modern world, particularly stories of immigration, story of people in um, uh, in communities across Russia, or stories of people who have lived through the Holocaust, or stories of people's journey and travel uh, as they've travelled around the world, both in the UK, the USA, etc., etc. That whole movie population, that whole wandering Jew type type scenario. So stories for me have always been absolutely absolutely fascinating. As a young star, I was really interested in oral history and listening to stories of people's lives inside their communities. And that's really given me 
the interest in developing this as a more sort of structured process. I think the other thing that's also really impacted on me is that notion that story is real is really powerful, but not everybody listens. And the challenge has always been for me is how do you get people to listen to those stories so they can learn from it and they can start to develop new ways of thinking and changing perceptions, really, of the way that people perceive you as an an individual or you in your community. Challenging that perception and letting people describe their own realities has absolutely been a hallmark of my entire history. And that's really how I came into the process. Right. That's such a, a great description. Thank you. And I love that you're highlighting um, the the issue of listening because, you know, it is it is partly everyone does have a story and we talk a lot about storytelling and um, but there are many sectors in the community, a lot of folks that people don't listen to or don't engage and invite into their into their realm. So that's one of the things that I love about your organization. And um, for the listeners, Gary and I used to uh, knock about Manchester, causing a bit of trouble trying to get people to listen to <laughs> to young people and people, people in our communities. <laughs> we were sort of successful, I think. <laughs> it was fun anyway. And it was also very meaningful. And it's, you know, the, the whole piece around enabling people to share their own story um, is, is a really key piece of the work you've been doing. So tell me a bit about People's Voice Media and your community reporter program. Yeah, I mean, some of, the, some of that history that I told you about has really uh, developed the whole People's Voice Media approach. And the very name is about giving people that opportunity to share their stories. And technology has had a real impact on that. So the whole, I mean, we've been around since 1995 and we've developed community portal sites and community information points because we believe that information is really important. Give people information and they can use that information to transform their lives. Well, back in 2007, the days when YouTube had just started, if you, if you remember those, those, those funny times, mm-hmm. um, what we recognized was there's lots of people producing what we then term user-generated content. Uh, they're telling their own story in their own way. And we felt we wanted to legitimize that. We wanted to be saying you know, that user-generated content is important and actually very, very relevant. So we said, how can we do that? Uh, so we created what we term community reporters. These are not people who are journalists. These are just people from communities who want to tell their story in the way that they want to tell it. Uh, so we started doing work with videos and blogs and audio and photographs. I'm still writing, and we still think that writing in magazines is an important part of the process. And one what we said was we want to credit that. So we, gave, we said, you, you are a local community reporter. Your job is to tell your story and seek out other people's stories inside your communities. Um, we accredited it through something called the Institute of Community Reporters. And then we set ourselves a goal. We said what we want to do is change the way that stories are told to make it much more authentic, to have that voice. And going back to that idea of challenging perceptions and allowing people to describe their own reality. So we set ourselves a target. And the target is to have 10,000 community reporters across the UK and Europe, people in local communities who are telling their story and giving insight into their lives in order to help improve public services, help improve each other's lives. Um, and that's our target. By 2020, we we're hoping to have 10,000 community reporters, which will be bigger than any mainstream media organizations. And then we can change the dialogue. We can move from uh, constant 
checking and, and, and what do other people think and interpretation to gathering that authentic voice and that authentic perception. People. Oh, that's brilliant. What a great goal. 10,000 people finding, telling their stories and finding others. That's amazing, Gary. And, you know, the thing about that, too, is is I was thinking as you're talking about how um, uh, controlled stories are these days. Like you say, there's, there's the mainstream media, but there's also the in communities we have, um, you know, hardworking nonprofit organizations of which you and I both ran um, organizations. So we, we totally understand that. The, uh, their remit and, and their, their existence and their need to be there. However, sometimes what happens is the, the nonprofits and those of us, you know, I was a nonprofit leader and I, I chose which stories to tell. I chose which stories I would tell my funders. I would tell um, stories about my clients and their experiences. And often you choose the stories and that's the thing about stri- um, storytelling. It's fantastic for leaders. It's very strategic. However, what would happen is, the folks and and again, you know, I was in the business um, similar to you of, of helping others tell their stories, but you know, often we shape them and and um, and so the thing I like about the community reporter program is that they are people who tell their stories without the parameters of an organization choosing whether they're the stories that should be told or the, directing them towards a, a particular mandate. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I think uh, we're, we're developing a whole distinction between what we term the case study culture and the storytelling culture. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. In the past, uh, you often pick case studies. And the problem with the case study is that you determine the questions. And often right. it's about um, reinforcing or evaluating the project that you're doing to those people. So often those stories often talk about their relationship to you and to your project and to your um, experience in order that you can then get more money in order to carry on doing projects. And right. You're, and you're absolutely right. Whereas storytelling for me is what is that authentic voice, what is that authentic story. So just to give you an example, we're doing some very interesting work at the moment in Salford with uh, a service that is supplying coaching service to change people's behavior around um, uh, coronary heart disease or around obesity. And we started off the program doing a case study, talking about people who uh, have gone through the coaching program and are now talking about their experience of coming out of it. And we said, you know what, there's a different way of doing this. Why don't we actually just get them to, to do almost like a diary of their experience, a reflective mm. process of their experiences, and get them to say the story that they wanted to say and the story that they wanted to tell. And we, we've just done that with, this, with a group of about five people, and it's just incredible. It is the story, not only of their lives, but also the lives of their family and the impact that this coaching process has had on them and their families. Now, that's just gold dust. That's just information and insight, which is completely, you, you just wouldn't get it on a case study because it tends to be quite closed. So what we're finding is if you let people speak, they will always find new and interesting things to say, and they, and they will always come up with creativity and imagination, uh, which, you, which is just unbelievable. So some of these stories are on our website, communityreported.net website, and there's some great stories of people just saying, I, I've gone through, not that I've gone through a process, but this is my journey, this is my journey of, this is my journey of change. 
Oh, I love that. I love the distinguishing between a process and a journey. And, you know, for anyone who's into story, you know, the journey story is one of the most powerful stories you can tell. And for any service, whether it's uh, or service or business, actually, um, we're all tasked with demonstrating our impact these days and, and how we're changing people's lives. And so, you know, what you're talking about is so interesting because when I think about, again, when we evaluate or we um, create case studies, we do, we come with our own our own decision about what story we want to be told. And we actually, we're looking for information more than we are a story sometimes. So um, the piece around being able to step back and just enable people to have space to tell their own story. And, and I've always found this too, like, like you say, there's, it's so much richer. You get so much more and actually we learn more rather than getting them to prove what we think we know already. We learn a lot more from, from hearing their authentic stories. And I think the key thing for me is, and it goes back to that listening issue, and that's probably the single biggest challenge, is what sort of organizations are prepared to listen to the change? And these, this organization in Salford, they were doing some other things across the country, uh, particularly around housing and, and, and health, is the organizations that are progressive are changing their services are developing new products and services is because they're freeing people up to tell their own story in the way that they want to tell it. And we're very fortunate in, this world, in, in the world nowadays. You can use mobile phones to produce stories using the video or producing them on, on audio or even a photograph. So we have the tools to actually empower people now to say things that beforehand they never felt that they could say. People will still write. People will still write news newsletters and, and community newspapers. But actually, I can stand there with my mobile phone and I can record either on audio or video my story, my experience. Well, that frees you enormously. Um, and it's interesting. We found real distinctions between what we're doing younger people and older people. And older people, I generally mean over the age of about 30. People who had experience and are able now to construct a story. And the challenge that we have with younger people and by younger people probably under the age of 20 years, that we still have an education process and education system that is structured storytelling through writing and not really by, by using other mediums. So what we often find is that younger people are actually less empowered to be storytellers than older people because they had never really been taught how to tell stories using alternative forms and alternative structures given their freedom. Whereas with older people, um, actually, they tell stories regularly and now they've got the tools to be able to capture that in a really interesting way. So what we're finding is real distinction. We have to free the minds of young people away from storytelling and writing into storytelling and using different formats and in different ways. That's fascinating. And it's interesting because we always um, just assume that young people know about it. Um, but in, in fact, when you think about, um, you know, how young people use the Internet and how they um, – you know, the, the ways that we work with them on, on not just being safe, but how we, how they present themselves. I think that's pretty evident. So that's, that's an amazing learning. And I think too, the, the idea around, you know, older generation too, we have a lot of older folks, um, seniors and elders who tell stories all the time. And, and like you say, for a lot of us, it's really just, um, being in a position to be willing to listen. So, so Gary, we're coming up on a break already. Um, so uh, we're going to just uh, head off for a couple 
a few seconds and we're going to come back and talk about your community reporter program some more and how we can borrow some of the lessons for business. So um, everybody stay tuned. I'm Leanne Picot and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to tell a better story for your business or power up a presentation, you can contact me at leanne at verygoodstories.com. But otherwise, we will see you in a couple seconds, a few seconds when we come back to talk to Gary about community reporters and how what they've learned can help you build a better business. See you in a sec. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, Connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Picot. Uh, before the break, we met Gary Kopich, the CEO of People's Voice Media, who is telling us about their community reporter program and also telling giving some fascinating and interesting insights into how people tell stories and, and how the, the organization is utilizing their information to help people grow better services. Um, so, Gary, what lessons have you learned from the community reporter program that you think are valuable for businesses and working with their employees and customers? I think one of the key things is that everyone's got a story to tell. Um, and often people want to tell it, actually. Sometimes people don't listen to it, but often people want to tell it. Uh, and the stories are really varied and very mixed. It can be about very personal things. Uh, we have some amazing stories on the site about people going through cancer treatment and their experiences of doing that. We have people who, who talk about their uh, mental health issues and they're quite open about talking about their mental health issues. And sometimes it can be very simple. It can be how to cook a cake or their fishing trip. Uh, I mean, the, the, there's one story of a guy who talks about uh, his first visit to uh, a club to learn mahjong. And you, you sit there and think to yourself, well, you know, that's a fairly basic 
sort of in- interesting things, not fascinating, until you realise that the guy is quite socially isolated, um, quite lonely, and actually the visit to Mahjong is actually much more about the social and cultural aspects of that rather than the actual visit to Mahjong while actually playing the game. So everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has something interesting uh, to send uh, and to speak about. I think the other thing, the other big key element of the Community Reporters program is that when we started in 2007, you still had big old mobile phones, which we, you never have smartphones, <laughs> and smartphones are such a recent yep. invention, really, and we forget that. So actually, the tools and technology have changed so rapidly that actually that ability to now tell in so many different ways is still very relevant. But also the other thing that we get from the community reporter program, I think, is that people still like that community newspaper, still like to physically write. And the opportunity to do things indifferently uh, and the opportunities for people to produce their stories in different formats and in different ways is actually really, really important. And I think the final thing that we've got from the community reporter program is our most successful part of the program is actually the community reporter badge. Um, it gives up feeling a sense of belonging to something, belonging to them, to their own, um, it, gives, it gives that, self, that sense of self-identity. I am somebody, I am something. So we've had some great stories where we've had people go with their community, going with their community reporters badge to launch a films, and they sat next to BBC cameras at launch of films, interviewing the stars as they hit the red carpet with their, with their little mobile phone or their little flip camera with their, little, with, with their community reporters badge. So some people have had the real, you know, the real chutzpah, as they say, to go into environments and use that community reporter badge as a really powerful force to say, I am somebody, not only inside my community, people come up to them, but also I can go out there and I can be part of something bigger. Hello? So it's a great structure. Sorry about that. It's a great structure in terms of enabling people to, um, like you say, not only tell their own stories, but help others. So in terms of business, and when we think about, um, you know, and it's interesting when we talk about leadership and storytelling, um, there's an implied direction where the stories go, and that's down. And so, um, and that's true to a lot of extent, you know, what we say in our business and like my example at the beginning, what we say and don't say, um, all tell stories about, about where we are and what we're doing in our organizations, our communities and government. Um, but here's the thing, the stories are already there. Isn't that right, Gary? They're, they're already telling stories. I think, I think people always, I think people, customers, so to speak, and communities and individuals are already telling stories. Uh, and the clever bit is to capture them, uh, really. Right. And then what you do afterwards, I mean, we have a very clear social objective, really, of both collecting story or supporting people to tell their story rather than collecting it, supporting people to tell their story. Then we do something which is around what, what we term curation of the content. What are people actually saying? Um, and then coming up with a summary of what people are saying and then using that to create a conversation of change. And I think the really important point here is that stories aren't just a customer to business or employee to manager. It is a 360 approach. And the only way you can truly get 
uh, a perspective is by engaging with the stories from lots of different sides. So, for instance, uh, we did some work recently with a uh, doctor's surgery where, where they were interested in understanding around why certain ethnic groups go to um, emergency accident and emergency rather than coming to the GPs or rather than coming to the local clinicians. And actually to get that, we, we, we trained the community reporters in the Czech, Slovakian, Yemeni and Chinese communities so that they could then go and ask their fellows, brothers, sisters, uncle, aunts. And what we wanted to do was also train up the clinicians about their perceptions of why people are going and also uh, um, have that discussion with them about what they think are some of the barriers. And the key bit really for, for us to try to move that one forward was each side listened to the different perspectives, each side listened to the different stories and then you create the conversation of change. And that for us was absolutely fascinating and very, very insightful. That's amazing. And, you know, you, you led me to think about the idea of, again, around story and around communication, because, again, often it's a we talk about communication and storytelling as a form of, com, you know, conveying our ideas and, and trying to influence people to do things. But in fact, as you talk about that 360 process and about the range of stories that are around, it's not only about the telling and the getting and the finding and, and the curating. It's also about the listening but the higher thing that happened there for me in terms of, of what you've just shared is, is the inclusion and people feeling like they're part of something and that they're making a difference. Absolutely. I mean, we, we have this notion that, uh, of, of storytelling, which is about listening, listening to what other people are saying and listening to messages you, that, that, that you want to go out to. But the key part of this is the discussion that takes place and then how you share that discussion with others uh, to create networks and structures of other people to listen to those stories so that they can influence what's taking place and they can add their bit in so that you're building up a collective knowledge. So one of the things that we've done through the Community Reporter Program is we, we offer something called social licenses. And our licenses is a very traditional uh, business model. A social license means that people take our program and they can duplicate it within their own environment. But bearing in mind the principles that we have around co-production and sharing, actually we want people to take that intellectual property, to take it out there, to try it, to experiment with it, to add value to it and to share it between each other. So what we're then creating is networks of people. And what is more powerful than having... Uh, let's say a young person in the northwest of England talking to young people in the southwest of England, talking to people in Germany or in France or even in Canada, then all of a sudden you're changing their perception. You're moving them away from, from their own little world and you're sharing their story, their skill, their knowledge with other people. And that can only help society. That can only help improve that civil society notion. People sharing, people discussing, people coming up with different innovation. And that for me is a really important part of the whole storytelling process that we do. We're after that innovation, we're after those ideas, we're after that exchange, we're after that sharing. So for us, the whole model that we have is, I mean, in fact, our business model is about give everything away. Uh, give everything away, let let other people experiment and contribute back into the network and share that thoughts, knowledge and skills and share your resources and expertise. I love it. And and just for people who, um, we haven't talked about this, but uh, the Community Reporter Program and People's Voice Media, is, it's, a, it's a social enterprise. It's a business 
a model rather than just it's a nonprofit. People's Voice Media is a nonprofit, but you have a, a real business model there too. And you, in terms of that, I mean, what what do you think the difference is in in terms of what you're offering and what your program is doing? What how is it different from social media? Because you know, I could say to Gary, you know what, I can go do that on Facebook or I can do it on, you know, go chat to people on Twitter. What's the difference between the connection that you're creating? Do you think from social media? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, I I I don't like the phrase social media. Social media is often referred to as Facebook and Twitter and these sorts of yeah. things. Where I think actually social media is media that creates the social. In other words, it's it's content that is being produced to create social interactivity. But it's also about people coming together to produce the story that they want to that 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 they want to produce and in the way that they want to produce it. So for me, the difference between Facebook and Twitter is, A, it's probably more rich around story, uh, is the first thing. The second thing is it's more about networking, and it's not all online. Uh, the key part of our process is in the whole way that we create social licensees. These are physical people who physically meet up. Uh, they may meet up on a regular basis, or they may meet up with other community reporters, and they might see it. So it's an online and an offline structure, which for me is really, really, really interesting. But it's also about people who share a common vision, share a common goal, and whose real value system is around improvement and, and creating conversations of change. So I think there is a difference between that Facebook and Twitter generation. And I think what we're getting to is it's more, also more rich-based content. It might be video content. It might be audio content. But the key part of that process is that discussion and sharing. So for me, there is a, there is a difference. The other key difference is we are trying to create what we term a social movement of change. And that community reporter badge, that sense of identity, that being part of something called the institution community reporters, are really key aspects of that. Um, so it's about creating conversations. So collecting story to create conversations of change. And that, that's different to me from what the classic term of social media is. So I, I don't like the term, massive term of social media. To me, Facebook and Twitter are just distribution channels for content, which people can use as part of why I would turn that discussion and sharing. But actually, the production of content is a very different element. The other side of the work that we do is the vast majority of people that we work with don't engage with Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we work with mm-hmm. the most, some of the most excluded uh, or marginalized communities and giving them the confidence to share actually is a key part of the community report program for me. That's brilliant. And... And, you know, and again, you know, I can see this working in, in so many different ways in, in communities in terms of creating that, um, like you say, the, the kind of solidarity, the connection with other people. It's not just online. Um, but I can also see it in, in a business and organizations where people are trained up as community reporters and, and they are, their job is to find the stories in that organization. I think that that model works really well. Um, but let me ask you a question, Gary. So why do you think, um, you know, we can kind of jump fairly easily to seeing why people's stories are important to um, services like health or, um, yeah. you know, nonprofit services. And, and, and I think a lot of people can really understand why the stories are important for that because they're there to serve them. But what I think they're very valuable for business as well. So why do you think employee and customer services are important to business health and development too? It's interesting, and I'll give you an example of a project that we're just about to start in, uh, in, in a part of Greater Manchester, and it's targeting what we term manual and low-paid workers. 
So it's people who are largely on production lines or pickers at um, uh, mail, uh, mail order firms, etc., etc., etc. Now, what's really interesting with that is we're just about to do this work where we're looking at their health and well-being. Now, one of the key areas of business that there's a problem in that in that world is sickness and people caring maybe for relatives. Well, actually, the business doesn't understand that. And often what happens is the, the, the person coming in will, won't turn up, will be high level of absenteeism, and that puts terrific stress and strain on managers and team leaders. So what we're looking at doing is developing um, stories of people's health and well-being on their lives to give insight into the business about the pressures and strains and then exploring with, the, with these businesses how they can create a health and well-being service which would support the employees and reduce their uh, and reduce the stress of their managers. Now, what we do is using our community reporter model as a tool to gather that story. That's not a story of the business and their working environment, it's a story of their lives and the complications that exist in their lives. The individual who has to look after older parents or the person who isn't feeling too well for, for all sorts of reasons and therefore won't go into work. So actually, using that community reporter model as a way of developing what I would term social type services, which are about employee health or employee support structures, is a really, really interesting model. The other way that we're looking at developing the community reporter stuff is what we recognize is that often the person on the front line is really knowledgeable and really understands the problem and often has their own solutions, but they have no methodology to be able to feed that upwards. So the question almost is, how do you use that knowledge of the person on that production line or that, or that process or that hospital worker, uh, the porter in the hospital who's moving patients around or the person on the production line, how do you take that skill and knowledge? So we're looking at developing um, a whole set of products around simple almost video diaries of people's day-to-day -day, uh, journey. Uh, their day-to-day, -day, how they're supporting each other, what their story is um, on, on, on various levels of, of, uh, of, of the company, but actually revealing within that process real innovation and real insight. And then taking that story and producing it to chief execs and senior managers and saying, listen to what people are saying, and this is how you can improve it, but, they, but the people doing it, they don't really realize they're doing it as an improvement exercise, it's just their lives. It's just their way of doing it. If you move the machine three centimeters long, I can get this, I can get that, it makes life quicker. And they'll just say that as part of that natural process. So, 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 so for me, it's how do you create a continuous improvement cycle? And That's amazing. Wow, Gary, that is amazing. Like to think about, um, and actually really quite radical in a lot of ways, to think about creating a health and wellness program within a business that's based on the stories of the people rather than a prescribed approach that an expert has brought in or or that is the the thing of the day um i i think that's just there's oh you know the the level of um conversation around innovation these days and it, it often is so top down and and that example is just absolutely revolutionary when we think about you know running a business where lost you've got lost dollars lost time lost productivity 
and potentially lost staff as as they become more and more disengaged from the business because they're off too much and 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 feeling badly about it and management getting too stressed. So thank you for sharing that. That is that is a really great example of how uh, employee stories are are so useful to business health and you know the importance of actually being committed to utilizing them. So now we're going to head off into a break in a sec. Um, it's commercial break time again. You're listening to Story Powered with Liam Pico and my guest, Gary Coppich of People's Voice Media. If you want to contact Gary and find out more about the Community, community Reporter Program or how to adopt the model for your business or organization, you can email Gary at People's Voice, at, sorry, at Gary at People's Voice Media dot com or is it dot org dot UK? Sorry, no, it's dot co dot UK. .co.uk. And oh. you can also, how can we how can we get to the community reporter site there, Gary, too? Uh, well, you can look at our website, which is peoplesvoicemedia.co.uk, or you can look at some of the content from community reporters at communityreporters.net. Uh, and if you're a German speaker, uh, if that's in English, and if you're a German speaker, just do forward slash DE, uh, and that will give you the German community reporters that we've also developed in the German side. Perfect. Thank you so much. So we'll be back after the break to find out how we can find and use our employee in consumer stories to build a better business. Uh, Gary will talk to us about the how, so don't go away. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out our website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader. And by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. I'm Liam Picot, and I am talking with Gary Coppich from People's Voice Media about his community reporter program. And um, before the break, I think we probably solved the problems of the world, um, the business world particularly, when we were talking about uh, a new project that Gary's working on with his program. And, and, you know, we were discussing the 
the project, which is about finding frontline workers' stories to determine how to best support them in their health and wellness program within a business. And and I, I really wanted to just take a second for everybody to kind of reflect on that in terms of um, how interesting and innovative that is in when we think about all of the um, the cost of of people being off and being sick and and uh, you know often we try and take a cookie cutter health and wellness program and and we wonder why it hasn't worked and and this tailoring from a ground up approach is is just a fascinating thing so so Gary I want to talk to you you know extend let's let's expand on that a little bit more and talk about. How do we go about doing this? Because, you know, it's a great idea and a lot of businesses are out there and thinking, well, that's interesting, but how do I get my, my CEO or how do I get my manager um, to buy into that? And, and um, how, how do you think, how is it useful for business and how can we utilize their employee stories and customer stories and how can we get them to use them in a way that, that benefits their business? I, I think there's a couple of issues on that. I think... Um, there's an attitudinal and cultural issue really inside the organisation uh, and that's the really, really key bit. Um, it's an organisation saying, I, I've got the questions but I don't know the answers and I'm therefore prepared to open up my organisation to listen to what people are saying and that's really crucial. Um, you, you mentioned social media before, but actually I, I don't think social media is about technology. I think social media is about people turning around and saying, I don't know the answers. I'm going to open up my organization to the outside world to ask them to do the answers, uh, to, to ask them for the answers. So the first stage in the process is, are you prepared to listen? Uh, are you prepared to listen to the stories being told and are you prepared to do that level of bottom-up type engagement? Um, and if you're not, it's probably not, this probably isn't the structure for you. Um, yeah. It's easier with social businesses because social businesses will have very clear social objectives. If, the, if a business says, actually, yes, we are prepared to listen, then I think there's a whole set of engagement exercises, and it might be you start off with story competitions, people doing um, uh, just talking about their own experiences or about their own stories, or we've done it with video booths where you come in, you might do something in the staff canteen and get people talking about stories, and you create opportunities for people to feel like it's comfortable to tell, uh, to, uh, to uh, it's comfortable for people to talk to people, for people to be involved. We would then train up um, local local people, local community reporters inside the business to produce the content and to go out and capture the stories of other people. And the key bit here is that we, we would really advocate mixed groups at different levels. So it might not just be purely the frontline work, it might be frontline workers. And you might have a similar parallel group with middle managers and senior managers who may or may not work together. They might actually almost be separate to get, to get that different perceptions. You train them up, you use what I term technology in the pocket devices, which you may be mobile phones, or small-scale cameras to capture those stories and then you work with them to curate and produce the content uh, that, 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 that will go up to eventually an integrated piece of storytelling about the particular problem about the, and about the particular issues. But actually, the beauty about the community report model is that it's continuous. So you right. can use these yes. people once trained to carry on and they, they are what I would term corporate storytellers almost um, to, which provide that insight and innovation. Um, so the, you, you then create and develop. So it's a continuous culture of improvement. 
And I remember in the old, in the old pattern I worked for Intel, there was this whole notion of bending and quality circles, which was trying to break down those organizational silos. And this is part of my experience has come from that experience I had in Intel and that bending and quality circle model of actually breaking down the cycle. So there's a cultural issue around change, there's a skilled knowledge issue around supporting people to do it and then creating a, 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 a continuous process of improvement where those stories are being used and reflected back and people can see the impact and also breaking down those organisational barriers inside between managers and team leaders and frontline workers and they together co-produce their stories from their own different perspectives. Nice, nice. That's a really great model. And, you know, actually, it seems very easy in a lot of ways. Like, to me, it seems very easy to, to implement in a way um, because we have these structures already. We, uh, You know, how, wouldn't it be better to have storytelling sessions rather than endless meetings? I think it'd be much more interesting. Um, I, 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 should, now, I mean, what, yeah. What's fascinating to me is that when I got this laureate from the, from the Leonardo Corporate Learning, I, I was a little bit surprised because actually – um, I sat there and thought, well, I don't really do anything with corporates and businesses. Uh, but there was a recognition that the work that we do actually does have real relevance in the corporate world. And in a sense, it's right. Cor- corporations and companies are communities. They have their privileged. They have their excluded. They have their wealthy. They have their old. They have their young. They have different groups. Of- and in fact, businesses are communities. And once you've treated business as a community, the same issues apply to any communities that we work in. How do you create the conversations for change and how do you break it down? So what was interesting with the the Leonardo Award is actually the model that we have inside communities can work very well inside businesses who are essentially different types of communities. Absolutely. I completely agree. Now, the the bit for me um, around the community consultation model is somebody who's done this uh, for a lot of long time. And, and I was in positions uh, in my uh, previous working life to enable others to, to have their say and tell their stories. The the caution, I would say, and I guess the, the piece building on your you need to listen. So that's the first thing. And second, you know, in addition to being prepared to listen, I would argue strongly that you need to be prepared to act. And that's an issue in terms of, you know, for any business or organization that is wanting to collect stories of their employees or their or their customers and kind of bring in this kind of model and or, you know, create a culture where people are able to share. If it's not going anywhere, then you create a real atmosphere of disengagement. And so a real clarity about how you'll use the information and how it will benefit the business and also maybe some ground rules around understanding that when people are sharing their stories, it's not about, um, you know, identifying people to be punished. Or So there's a cultural thing, but there's also, I think, some structures that need to be set up maybe. I, I, I absolutely completely agree. Um, what's interesting is, is how you engage with customers and how you, in, in the jargonistic phrase, crowdsource information and knowledge from your customers and what your relationship is with customers. I was having a very interesting conversation the other week, um, it's not going anywhere yet, but with a pharmaceutical company that is looking, that provides pills uh, and aids for particular types of uh, diseases um, inside, inside people's homes. And what they wanted was a better understanding of the patient's story who was using their who were using these particular sets of drugs and aids uh, in order to understand the context 
that they, these things live, that these things live in, in order that they can potentially develop new products and services. So that was really interesting. Now the people who were who were who received these drugs and aids actually really up for that because it's improving their lives. So it made eminent right. sense. Yeah. Um, so, well, you're absolutely right. They wanted to tell their story, and then eventually they would see the response in new products and services that were coming together. So, it's also how businesses crowdsource that, that sort of jargonistic phrase, but how do they crowdsource their information to customers and users in order to gather new levels of information? And I, I, I think in this age of the internet with, with things around open data, with things around crowdsourcing, the power of the intellectual property is really quite challenging, actually, because now data and information can be obtained in so many different ways. And actually, I think the progressive businesses will say, you know what? I am going to release my data. There are, obviously, there will be certain things that they're not going to release. Coca-Cola will never release its formula. But there are, there are, how do I release what information I have and what do I have, how mm-hmm. I release my intelligence Absolutely. for people to, to explore it, investigate it, uh, uh, tell me how they're using it in order to co-produce new types of things. So I think we're into a remarkably different way of operating uh, and information, knowledge, storytelling are changing the ways. So I think there's a fundamental issue about management of organizations and accepting the fact that leaders in organizations are the people now who can say, I don't know, I want to listen. And after that, we emerge new, new, new business models. And that's, the real, that's what this whole community reporter model has said to me, actually. It's a different way of working. I absolutely agree, Gary. And I guess that's the whole piece, just bring it around in terms of the, that, um, the, the idea of accountability. And so in the same way that, um, you know, a business asks, like your example, um, somebody what they think of their product and you feed back and then you don't hear. And you don't get to know how it's changed. And so from a business model, I mean, it, this is why I love the storytelling piece, because like you say, it is a 360. And so if you are collecting stories from your consumers or from your employees about your business and how it could do better and what they think and, and their ideas, the 360 for me is then to tell stories about how the information they've shared, how their stories have impacted you as a leader how they've impacted the business, um, like you say, knowledge base and mindset, and how things are changing or have changed based on the stories that they've shared. Because if that circle back is not there, then really it's, it's, it's like I said, a disengaging process. And also it's, it, it's, it's, it's a, such a, it's a, it's a crucial tool for leaders to ensure that they're keeping people engaged so that next time they want to know about their stories, or like you say, as part of a continual um, process of learning and, and creating a, a, a storytelling culture, people will be less likely to to tell their stories next time. So you're creating almost a continual conversation that's going up and down and up and down. If if your structure is a hierarchy, is that isn't that right? Yeah, and, and I'll think round and round because it's also the round and round. Thank you. Inside the business to tell their story. And their I like that even better. And to be their story, and their experiences back to customers. So that's right. Is there a blurring process that develops? You know, if I'm the chief chief executive of an organisation, I have a responsibility to tell my story and to reveal something about myself. If I'm asking my customers to reveal something about themselves, I have a responsibility to reveal something about myself to create 
conversations, I think is the phrase that, that's very current at the moment, is to create conversations. Right. So even moving away from the phraseology of consultation, which implies some sort of level of hierarchical discussion, is really that's about right. conversations. I have to reveal, I should reveal, not only what I've learned about that, but about my life, that I can help and inform other people. And it's a bit, it's quite, I would in fact, it's quite idealistic. But, you know, that whole notion of, of um, relying on the power of the of, of the many is really quite important. The other message that I've got often is that often the best people to get the story and the experience is the person who has the similar experience and knowledge. So we do a lot of work with housing associations and there's nothing more powerful than a resident speaking to another resident and actually not having the organization engaged and involved. So there's also a point in the storytelling process where I as an organization will step back and say, actually, I'm not going to get engaged and involved because I really want to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. And thank you, Gary, because we're, we're about to close the show. And I think that that is um, one of the most important um, lessons that I'm going to take away from today is the stepping back and listening. Because when you do that, you, you get to hear so much. And if we want to create more innovative social solutions, business solutions, then, then listening to our people is the way forward. So thank you so much, Gary, for taking the time to chat with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. So thanks again to Gary Coppage from People's Voice Media. You can contact Gary at gary at peoplesvoicemedia.co.uk. And you can also find out more about People's Voice Media and the Community Reporters Program at communityreporters.net. I really recommend you go check out that site and see some of the stories that are there because that's if you want to find the power of this program, that's the place to be. So if you want to activate your storytelling superpower and you live near Toronto, I'll be holding a storytelling masterclass in partnership with Lure Communications on March 12th. We've got a couple more weeks to sign up, but get in there. Get to my site. It's www.verygoodstories.com. And um, tune in for next week's show. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking to Gabriel Dolan, who's the co-author of Hooked, How Leaders Connect, Engage, and Inspire. The show will be based on storytelling for leaders, and it will be all about how to tell stories um, in terms of it being a crucial leadership tool. And Gabrielle is joining us from Australia, so I'm really looking forward to talking to her. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Leanne Pico, and Story Powered. I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.